Has that happened before? <laughs> not, it actually hasn't. Luckily, not yet. Right. Things have gone pretty smooth. I guess the only other thing I'd add is that we try to stay between like 40 to 50 minutes. Okay. So I'll have like a timer. Okay, that's cool. And I'll just show you. Yeah. But you don't have to cut and hang off. Just keep going and I'll wrap it up as needed. And get off your phone, dude. He's on Snapchat. Snapchat. He's on Snapchat. Can I just read a few more texts out loud while I try to? And then I can read some text. That can be my bit. I just read text. No. Can we call? You're gonna have to come back if you get a bit. Oh, that's true. Can we call Dylan's uh, like the bit workshop and just never land on something? (laughs) 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 Yeah, I'm in for that. All right, we're back. Youth ministry shift. Uh, We got Storm here. Hey. Stormy Shaw, um, and then we've got our, our good buddy old pal, Sam, what's a good nickname? Meat Grinder. Meat, <laughs> Sam Meat Grinder Colberg Hello. here, uh, hey. who is a current high school student mm-hmm. at uh, the great school of Olathe East. Oh, yeah. Right? Kaka. Go Hawks. Oh, uh, Kaka. Uh, <laughs> they, they say it like it is. You say, they say what they are. Uh-huh. Oh. Oh, oh, God. Walk right into it, bud. <laughs> nah. No, but yeah, we're excited to have him on. Uh, but, you know, as always, we got to start off with the, the beautiful Storm's Dream Corner. Hey there. Welcome to Storm's Dream Corner. Mm. I always want to do a wind chime sound. Gonna, Don't, gonna, dude. Gonna, let it happen. You got to get some ambient music. We've got it already. It's already, it happens. Our guy the, puts it in. Anyway, we got so. a guy. Okay. I got a buddy that does it. Oh, okay. Um, so, uh, as Sam knows, and maybe some of you don't because it's been a little bit, I got married mm-hmm. um, over spring break on uh, Pi Day, March 14th. officiated your wedding. Corey officiated. It was awesome. We were in Utah. Um, out at Arches National Park. Beautiful. Whatever. Yeah. The dream uh, was earlier this week, um, and it, I don't remember the context of where I was. I just remember... During the dream, I kept looking down at my wedding ring, and it's like a big signet ring. Looks like an old mob boss ring. It's got like a green bloodstone in it with a gold band. And in the dream, the um, the stone kept like cracking and crumbling, and like falling out. And I was freaking out, trying to keep it from falling out. And then I kept looking, and like the band was turning my finger green, you know, like some cheap rings do. And I was freaking out that my my ring was gonna fall apart. What do you think, Sam? Oh man, there's, so, there's a lot to go into there. Okay, uh, let's let's go. Let's hear your like quick hitter interpretation. Quick hitter. Yep. Go. Hmm. What does the ring symbolize to you? What does the ring symbolize? You said it was like a mob ring. Did looks looks a little bit mobish. Are, are you a made man by chance? A made man. Yeah. Whoa. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Deep cut. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they call him the meat grinder. <laughs> 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 what is it? What does this dream mean, dude? <laughs> Tell us. Uh, <laughs> your power is overflowed and it's starting to corrupt you now, Storm. Your power is a high school teacher. Oh, my. It's not good oh. for you. Oh, dang. The wow. power is going to my head. It's, it's going, going to your head, dude. Not, to your finger, actually. Well, <laughs> it's going through his finger to his head. Yeah. Dang. Okay. Total body cut. transformation. <laughs> I like this. Uh, that was good. That yeah. was nice. I, I like that you it. didn't go for like just the basic something about my marriage or, you know, like something that it's already yeah. associated with. That was nice. Power. Power. Mm-hmm. Huh. Wow. Do you perceive him as a man of power? Oh, yeah. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Anyone who's seen me knows I've got a powerful body. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> nope. Not even a little. <laughs> All right, man. Well, yeah. we're pumped to have you on. Like yeah. recently, we've been discussing the, the concept, you know, from shifting from like this. I think it's a human nature, right, to desire to have control in things because, for the most part, the world feels out of control. And so, mm-hmm. in any way we can, we try to control things. Um, but trying to think through the lens of going, how do we shift from a control mindset to a freedom mindset? And Jesus was all the time releasing the disciples to go and do things, right? So, it's like constantly pushing out, pushing out, allowing freedom. I mean, even to. I mean, I guess I even think about, can you imagine if you're the disciples and he's like, yeah, you can also cast these demons out. Like, yeah. What? yeah. You know, yeah. like <laughs> yeah. mind blowing if you were there with Jesus and he tells you that because you're, you're watching, you know, uh, some probably very insane moments, mm. you know, pro- I mean, the craziest things they've probably ever experienced in their entire lives. For sure. I mean, for any of us, it would be right. So it's like, and then he's like, yeah, you can do that. 
what? What do you mean, dude? Mm. You know? <laughs> so, anyways, I just we we thought you were a great person to bring in for it, and uh, you know we we had had scheduled this way in advance for you uh, to come in this morning. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. <laughs> Let me know. Uh, emailed me about a month ago. And- oh, no, twenty minutes before, <laughs> yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So Sam just hightailed it over, and here he is. So mm-hmm. it's important to note you called him on your phone. I hadn't talked to him or seen him in probably <laughs> two years, two three years. <laughs> yeah, and you're just like, ah, oh, this is a storm. Uh, Come hey. on down, and he's like, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> I love it. So, dude, let's just do this. I want you to kind of just share your story. Mm-hmm. Um, everything you know, that you feel that is important. And if that's like the first time you shot a basketball, we're in. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we just want to hear your story and just highlight some of the big pieces that God, you know, kind of has moved in your life and the ways even in high school that things have shifted and changed and even potentially some ways that you've seen like, um, yeah, just some freedoms and ways that God has empowered you to do things and and lead and really step out in obedience. So go. Let's hear it, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, kind of start. Jeez. It's okay. Is it fine? Keep rolling. Okay, cool. <laughs> Get the thing. All right. So it started out, I mean, kind of basic. I just grew up in the church. Uh, but my family and I, uh, we weren't that serious about it. Um, you know, kind of. My parents grew up in the church. Their parents just took them there and they didn't really think much about it. They're just kind of like, okay, I guess we'll take our kids here and that's that. Um <clears throat> But then, kind of out of nowhere, my parents, I mean, they just kind of realized that they weren't receiving the full story. Hmm. They weren't getting all of it, you know. Hmm. They knew there was more to it, which, looking back on that now, I pretty much see that as the Holy Spirit at work, because I don't know how else they would start to think that. Sure. Um, So they decided to look for new churches, and we found Colonial Presbyterian Church over on Park Campus. Uh, We got involved there when I was, like, in first grade, and... um, God really started to move in my parents' hearts and my brother and I's heart since then. Um, one of our first big moments was in Haiti in 2014. Went there as a family, is like this middle school family uh, mission trip, basically. Uh, you went, and Robert were on that? Oh, yeah. Both cool. of us and then our family and then some other families in the church. Um, but that's when that's where we kind of we, we hung out with the, with the orphans there and we just tried to love on them. Um, and we just saw the situation they're in, and we really poured over the passages in the Bible, um, like in James. Had, you, had your parents ever been out of the country before that? No. Oh, so no. this was wow. all of your first time. Completely new. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, so you're going, pouring through what? Yep. Oh, uh, like there's James one twenty seven. is it? I should probably know that exactly, but it was, you know, God, God, I mean, basically God cares for the least of these, the orphans yeah. and the widows. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's that passage in Matthew 26. Uh, where Jesus is talking about, uh, you know, when you cared for those in prison, uh, mm-hmm. those without clothes, mm-hmm. those without water, you were caring for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so hanging out with these orphans um, and developing relationships with them, you know, even with that language barrier and pouring over these passages, that was really impactful mm-hmm. and learning about Jesus' love. And mm-hmm. that convicted us to get into foster care when we got back home. Wow. We had several long-term placements. Um, so was that was that through Global Orphan stuff that you guys did adoption? Uh, or foster? No, not foster care. Uh, we came back and we did it through KVC. Cool. Um, I mean, we just had several long-term placements. Uh, very challenging to have yeah. some. Were I mean, you in sixth grade? Robert was eighth? Or is that? Yeah, it sounds right. Yep, that okay. sounds right. How, yeah. So you had like foster siblings essentially? Yeah. For how, like, uh, how old typically? Oh, man. Um, when I was in sixth grade, we had our first child and... We had him from when he was seven to nine, I think. Okay. And then he went away for a little bit, and then he came back for another couple months. Yeah. Um, then when I was probably in eighth grade, we got a pair of brothers, and we had them for probably about a year and a half. And then when I was a junior for about six months, we had another pair of brothers. Yeah. So so, so that's just been a big theme, oh, though, yeah. post-Haiti, that yeah. kind of really, as a family, moved you guys. Oh, yeah. Cool. Because, it was, I mean, it was just really impactful being able to see, I mean, the terrible things that have happened to these kids, but then being able to love on them, being able to bring them to church, being able to give them a stable family with people who care about them. Yeah. Kind of yeah. show them how that looks. Um, and it was very challenging because they had some terrible things done to them. Yeah. So there's a lot, lot of trauma. Yep, yeah. There's a lot of trauma and that was tough to handle sometimes, but that was very big. And then for me personally, things really started moving sophomore year, I think. Mm. Um, 
I mean, I'm sure there's a ba- there's definitely a base being built up over middle school because. Well, yeah. I mean, also yeah. to say, like, to observe your own parents, yep. like walking with Jesus and not being attenders, just just attenders, yep. right? But like, literally taking things from Scripture, their experience yep. in Haiti, and that's catapulting into reality of obedience to Jesus back mm-hmm. where they live. Like, that's oh yeah, that's extremely fortunate. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> it's like, oh yes, that is super. That's rare. I yeah. mean, it just it really is in I mean, in American culture. And yep. Yeah. To I mean, so credit obviously to your family. Uh-huh. I mean, that's that's hugely influential up to that point. So that base mm-hmm. is massive. Oh, that's huge. Right. And I mean, Colonial also has a phenomenal middle school youth pastor. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Adam Reck. Of course, yeah. Um, so he was awesome too. But then in high school, sophomore year, things really started to take off started to get deeper in my personal relationship with God. I started to challenge myself more on the, the practical aspects of how to actually live it out, not just the mental theological defenses, which mm. are good, and I love looking at those, but you've got to have that practical, loving side. To your yeah, faith. what what catalyzed that? How did you go from that to that? Mm. Well, I think one of I think probably like the the main reason it happened is because uh, my mentor, John Crager, mm-hmm. um, he's just a volunteer at our um, – at Colonial, and yeah. we, I mean, we have met bi-weekly, you know, two Saturdays a month since freshman year. Yep. And we're down to our last few meetings now, and he was huge in just showing me how to love others, how to not be judgmental, um, mm. just be more accepting of other people, not just be so shrewd in your judgments, mm. and not be arrogant, not be prideful, and that was big. And he's yeah. walked me through a lot of stuff. In so I remember when... You first met with John. Oh, yeah. You remember that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure. I so hear. I was the youth pastor at the time uh-huh. with Sam, you uh-huh. know. Uh, so I came in. You were in eighth grade when I first met you. Yeah. And then yeah. I, was, I, was I so think I was. Because <laughs> I, I was like, who is this random bald guy driving a motorcycle living in this random house? Oh, church? yes. You were at the queue still. I'm like, yep. who is this guy? Yeah. He tried to talk to me. And I was like, who is this dude? <laughs> so I come in, right? And I. You know, there was a transition there between Luke and I, yeah. and then I was yeah. part-time, and then I was kind of somewhat full-time. Mm-hmm. And Anyways, I think by your sophomore year, I was actually full-time, yeah, you but were I like think freshman baby. year, I was like 15 hours, so yep. Luke and I were splitting that time, so somewhere in there. Um, and I mean, big thing for me was just going, I'm just going to implement discipleship. So any leader, if you want to, like mm-hmm. you got to have your individual mm-hmm. guys or mm-hmm. girls that you're going to pour into. And so mm-hmm. John lives into that rhythm as is. Oh, yeah. So it wasn't like, <laughs> it's like a no brainer for him. Yeah. So John meets with Sam first mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. I knew the meeting was happening and mm-hmm. I think he, me, you and Robert hung out. Yep. Yep. And Sam was like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like I'm kind of mm-hmm. scared. <laughs> Cause John, yeah, we had a, should I even share the the whole story of the first meeting? Yeah, I mean, he just approached you about some yeah. like intimate life just details, real stuff, and yeah. um, which is necessary in high school. You yeah. know, like most of the time, the church shies away from that in general, or they approach it from a very like back here, like, "Hey, don't sin, don't lust mm. after women, don't you know have sex, like mm. be good," and then like Go good for luck, it. Yeah, Go. yeah, yeah, and it's like. So, but then when you get into those mentorship, discipleship relationships, you know, real. to actually have that yeah. conversation yeah. with somebody besides your parents, yeah. you know, is like, oh, whoa, you know. Yeah. And for Sam, I think it, he was just like, shock. what? Thought, Do people talk about that? You know, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're going to talk about like his trip to Scotland in college. And then he goes into this. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to like have some cake and listen to you talk. I mean, I wasn't thinking. He started asking you about obedience type totally. of stuff. Totally. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Like real so, stuff. Yeah. And, then, and then I was like, Sam, that's what this is. That's yeah. what discipleship is. Man. Yeah. That's like, like walking with you and John wants nothing but the best for you in your life. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. and then Sam was like, okay. And so now that has and been, now it's a, been phenomenal, an amazing, yes. you know, relationship for Sam and John. I yeah. know. Um, mm-hmm. So that happens. Yes. You know, you're walking with yes. that. That's been hugely formative mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. Um, continue on. Yeah, so another huge aspect of, of it all was my brother, my big brother, Robert. I love yeah. him. Uh, so what he did, he's just always had a huge heart for ministry mm. um, and to see lives change and hearts go to Jesus. Um, so what he did, what he did, um, his 
senior year, he joined the football team um, because he was looking for something to do. Uh, the coach had been recruiting him hard <laughs> all year in weights class yeah. about being a tight end. And Robert's like, all right, whatever. I'll finally do it. I'll give it a shot. And what, what he was thinking about over the summer was like, I'm, I'm not just going to do this just to play football. Mm-hmm. There's got to be something deeper in my motivation. So he thought about, okay, what if I could actually start a Bible study with the guys on the football team? What if I could actually connect with them on a weekly basis? Yeah. We could talk about these real things and we could hang out together outside of football. So the whole summer, he, I think he showed me it. He wrote down like the names of every single player on the football team, which for like Olathe E, 6A, I mean, there's like probably 70 dudes on that mm, roster. Wow. And I mean, he just, I mean, he prayed over them throughout the summer. Then come fall time, he came up to them with the idea and there were some dudes who were already kind of believers um and then some dudes kind of followed along and they were like all right let's do this wow you know let's meet together so robert i mean he was able to mm-hmm. he's able to meet with these guys go over scripture help guide them as they were very new to a lot of the passages and a lot of the ideas mm-hmm. and um yeah i mean th- there's yeah. some pretty amazing stuff that went down there and i was able to observe that as the little brother yeah um so and that was huge. I mean, there was Osben, you know, and Mo, from yep, even a yep. distance, myself and Osben were yep. like planting seeds yep. of like, yep. dude, do it. Mm-hmm. Like, go. Yeah. yeah Osben was Come big on, in that. go, do mm-hmm. it, you know. It's huge. So just kind of just going, we don't want it. You ain't do with it. You do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. You just run, you yeah. know. So yeah. that was hugely formative. Uh-huh. Okay. So Robert runs that most mm-hmm. of his senior year. You're attending it? Yay, nay? Uh, second half of it. The, the okay. last half of it. I was kind of attending it. Um, I know the first half, there was some powerful stuff that happened. Um, But yeah, so the second half, I kind of start to attend and I kind of see what's going on with it. Mm -hmm. And then my junior year, I decide to play football um, because I'm like, well, my brother did and he enjoyed it. And Mm -hmm. I just got, you know, I'm looking for a new sport to play, looking for something to do. So I joined the football team. And the the dudes who were juniors when Robert was a senior, now they're seniors. Okay. And they're like, okay, let's keep this running. And then I got to play a more pivotal role in it, mm-hmm. helping to lead, um, ask questions, um, just contributing a lot, um, hosting even. I started to play more of a role in that my junior year because uh, I was a sophomore when this all started. And that got me more into ministry and that got me more into leading – like dbs groups discovery bible studies because that's that's exactly what we were doing mm-hmm. we were literally just going over those passages and asking those questions yeah and just letting conversation go where it goes so that was really big junior year and then senior year this year this is where things i think have really taken off um so we i, I did it again i was like all right it's my senior year now this thing's been going for two years let's do it one more time mm-hmm. So, you know, I asked around. I got some dudes who had done it in the past. I got some underclassmen who I thought might be interested in coming. And, you know, we met. We went over the passages. Um, you know, I, I, it was really cool to to get new guys to come and hear guys who I usually only talk about football with. Actually, I got to see them read the Bible and think and hear mm-hmm. other people talk. That's powerful. And sometimes even they would speak up and give their perspective which was always really cool, even if it was just a little thing, just to hear them talk or yeah. just to see that they were thinking. Yeah. I mean, that, that was really cool. So I got to do that this year and kind of be the leader with that and set up, you know, or just pray over the passages, host like every week, um, and really, you know, ask people on the football team, hey, do you want to come to this? Text them to remind them. So that was that was like the first Bible study I've been able to like lead. Mm-hmm. That was really, really cool to do. Um, and then... The big, the big stuff that happened probably came in winter of 2020 into, I mean, this year right now in 2021 in April. Uh, it's April, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's April. Um, so I, I have one friend. Um, can I share his name? or If you want to. Is he open to it? What do you care? Just go first name. Yeah, let's just go first name. Yeah, I mean, I just have uh, a friend, Jackson. We'd known each other since... Um, freshman year probably yeah no freshman year um because I, I found a group of guys that i liked hanging out with sophomore year um so but I, I knew this guy since freshman year we started hanging out together more sophomore year and then junior year a lot and then still senior year but um ever since sophomore year i mean we kind of connected um he was i mean that i was 
I was like the Jesus kid basically in that group because <laughs> it wasn't necessarily a group of Christian guys. So mm-hmm. I was like the Jesus kid, and he kind of knew that. And at that point, he was really not open to Christianity. Um, we'd actually talked before, and he called you know religion a scam. Yeah, and he was just which there are aspects of organized religion that yeah. are like yeah that's just not ge- that's not what jesus called us to do that's not genuine yeah. so i think he was right on some of that but but pretty jaded you'd say oh super okay. he was not open at all and when we tried to get past the idea of just organized religion i think he just kind of carried those ideas into actual cr- biblical christianity mm-hmm. and what it is i think he he considered himself a deist um just kind of like god made the earth and then kind of sits back and let, okay. let things happen yeah. so that, that's kind of where he was uh, but basically very closed off mm-hmm. to anything gospel related. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the fiercest encounters I've ever had. But, you know, I was still the Jesus dude. I mean, I still brought it up um, just to the guys in general, or I still live that way, or there's just little things like, hey, I'm going to church. You guys want to come? Um, and then I think December, probably, or maybe November, just out of nowhere. I mean, what did you say first? Um, I think he just texted me. He's like, hey, I've been thinking more about God lately. Um, it was it was completely out of nowhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just I've been thinking about God more. Uh, I think he had a friend who was a year older than him in college who was kind of walking him through some of this stuff too. Hmm. But, I mean, he was just like, I've been thinking about God more. I want to try praying. Um, and I was like, well, this is interesting. And I think he, he kind of asked me for some passages to get into. Um and I, at first, I, I didn't give him passages that were helpful. I just said, hey, start in this book of the Bible, and that's not at all what you should do <laughs> with a new believer. That's way too much information at once. Um, so <laughs> a little bit later, it comes back to me. He's like, yeah, that wasn't really helpful. That was too much at one time. I can't do that. That's fair. Um, but then John Crager, once again, I was talking to John. He's like, dude, sit down and read it with him. Don't just give him passages. Yeah. Like, read it with him and ask him questions in that moment. And I was like, all right, I'll give that a shot. I asked him, and he was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's not how I thought that would go. Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks go by. And then he texts me. He's like, you know what? I think I would be interested hmm. in going over these passages together. I'm like, all right. Um, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, you know, we meet up. Um, and we go over those DBS passages. Um, I think it was like the first 10, um, what was it, following Jesus? Or it was just going through some of the the big aspects of Jesus' ministry, some of those big moments. Yeah. Um, and we would just go over it. We would ask those questions. But what would happen, and this is what was really impactful for him. I mean, he would just be able to ask any theological questions, yeah. any, just anything about the Bible or about Christianity that he'd heard that he didn't really understand or he didn't really agree with. And I was able to walk him through biblically what we believe, what uh, how we, you know how those things come together, who God is. We got to walk through some of the big questions, you know, mm-hmm. like like why is there evil? You know, what's the Trinity? Um, you know, how did like Jesus die on the cross? How that work? I mean, we walked through like some big stuff, and that was really helpful helpful for him mm. to hear from someone who genuinely believes it, um, hearing from it firsthand from you know a genuine Christian like. Like, this is what it is. Yeah. Not not something you just read on the internet. Like, this is what it right. is. And that was huge for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and throughout all this time, ever since sophomore year, and I'll say, I, I, I had not been praying for him as much as I should have, but I had still been praying for him because I mm-hmm. saw how closed off he was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, what if God worked in that guy's life? So praying slowly, should have done more, but praying slowly since <laughs> sophomore year. Um, and then probably after a couple weeks of, our, of us meeting some like that's when he was converted basically um, wow you know we we had it was maybe like three four meetings in and like just one random maybe saturday morning he texts me and he's like he's like dude this is insane what just happened he said he was praying and you and i had been hanging out right oh, yeah. before this oh, yeah. yeah and i was i mean because there was a transition there for you from football stuff into just friends yeah to just yeah. friends that i yeah. was like i mean i'm you can correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. but I mean, I remember our conversation basically going like, Hey, the football thing just feels like it's maybe, Di- yeah. Like yeah. it's just, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And I was like, well, yeah. I mean, why don't, why don't you just let it go? Yeah. And you see if God 
anything else pops up yeah. and boom, Jackson po- yeah. had like popped up like a week later, yes. literally. And yeah. so like both John and I were both just telling you, so you got to do this, just move forward with it. Go and then, yeah. Out. And just keep asking God to move as you hang out with him. So oh, then yeah. boom, he texts you. Right. Cause I remember mm-hmm. like pretty shortly after you and I had hung out after this text yeah. came through. Yeah. So he texts me and I mean, <laughs> and he basically says, so the night before he was praying and I think he was like, he said it was maybe his, it was like his first or his second, like really genuine prayer in his life. Wow. And um, he, he basically, I think he prayed, I think he was just lifting up his burdens and his worries to the Lord. And he, I think it was kind of just like, he just had a lot going on. He was like, God, take it. Here it is. And he said when he was, you know, so he finished his prayer. And I can't remember if it was right after the prayer or the morning when he woke up, but he said there was a peace that he did not understand that wow. was in him. And that is literally straight out of the Bible. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like that is straight biblical. He said mm-hmm. there was a peace that he did not understand that was in him. And as he was sleeping that night, he said like eight times there was, quote, like, he felt like an electric shock, like in his body, jerking him like out of his sleep, like getting him to wake up. And a bunch of times he's like, no, I want to sleep. And then eventually he's like, okay, whatever, I'll get up. And he gets up. And I, I think that's, yeah, I think that's when he was feeling that peace in him after praying the night before, realizing that like, okay, things are okay. I'm feeling good right now. And I think he, he realized that was because of the prayer he prayed. And then he was just kind of like, he's just feeling really good. I think he was feeling happy and and he just felt like, I'm going to go drive around. I feel like I should do that right now. And he's like, okay. And he's driving around. He's like, hmm, I should go to, uh, well, what's that one bookstore? It's uh, uh, Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble. Thank you. He's driving around and he's like, I should go to Barnes and Noble. And I don't think he's, I mean, he's a reader, but he doesn't usually go to Barnes and Noble. And he walks in, he's looking around. He's like, oh my gosh, there's Bibles here, aren't they? They sell Bibles here. So he just walks over. He buys a Bible and he starts tearing through it over the next few days. Wow. Just reading so much of it. Um, so just something. Compl- so he hadn't, he didn't even have a physical Bible when you guys were meeting before. I mean, maybe just pulling it off his phone, probably yeah, something like that. Or maybe it was his parents, but like, this is like his Bible. Yeah. Like, he went and bought it. Totally. Like, this is his first Bible. Wow. And he, yeah. So, I mean, it was it was just totally Holy Spirit giving him those feelings, bringing that peace, getting him to wake up, just yeah. guiding him step by step, even yeah. though he didn't see what it would come to, mm-hmm. just going to these different places. Mm-hmm. It's kind of random. Yeah. And yeah, and I, I genuinely believe that that is when he was saved. You know, when he when he um, when he prayed that prayer, when he offered that up to to God, when the Holy Spirit moved in him, and after that we were talking, and yeah, I, I think that's when we had the conversation. When I, I think I asked him or something along the lines, like, do you really believe? And he was like, yes, I really believe this. And conversations after, you know, started to follow as a result of the fact that now he believes. Mm-hmm. He's not just like, what is this anymore? Mm-hmm. I mean, he still has questions. But he's like, yeah, that was something supernatural. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he's he's in it now. Wow. Um, so Praise God. I mean, that's yeah. crazy stuff. It's like, that's r- all I want to see. It's like Roy saying, again. like, high school kids aren't asking if God is real. They're asking if God works. Yeah. And like he experienced yeah. an effectiveness in trusting God uh, that took, you know, well, years, years. technically yeah. years. It was years coming, but in continued curiosity, continued um, willingness, whatever. Like Yeah. Openness, transparency, yeah, trust. He, I mean, there was trust with you clearly because of a friendship. You know, I, I wouldn't imagine he would do that with some other uh, random no, kid at the no. high school who, you know, knew Jesus. It was yeah, like, no. so, I mean, there, there was a lot there. There's I mean, a there that's a powerful, he, he's got a powerful testimony of yeah. um, being released from his um, confusion, his jadedness, his, you know, his yeah. distance from God, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, God may be real, but like, isn't actively part. And then like, mm-hmm. boom. So yeah. anyway, I just, that's, that's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. yeah. So you, you, I, you and him mm-hmm. and then one other friend. Yeah. At well, a it point? was, it was, I mean, I kind of switched with a couple friends. I mean, ja- yeah. Jackson was like the main dude. There's a couple friends who kind of came in and out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't really that interested. Yeah. Um, one of them was uh, a genuine believer. So it was more just like he was just 
it kind of felt like he was just, you know, adding on another Bible study throughout the week. Whereas for Jackson, it was like new mm-hmm. and powerful. And he was like, he's actually open to this stuff mm. and he's interested and he wants to learn more. Um, so, so Jackson, he was the consistent one. Um, yeah. And then eventually that um, kind of faded out a little bit because, I mean, you know, the point of these DBS groups, it's it's not to do a Bible study every week with the guy for the rest of his life. Mm. It's to go where you're called. And we could kind of feel with Jackson, I could kind of feel that this time, this specific Bible study with him, the time's ending. Mm. So we kind of moved on from that. Um, you know, a couple months go by. I actually had a conversation with him, you know, that was kind of... Uh, dis wait what's the word is it unencouraging or disencouraging discouraging discouraging it's mm-hmm. early <laughs> for a high schooler it's early it's 10 11 it's early for a high schooler course <laughs> nearly noon it's early for a high schooler dude <laughs> do. okay so yeah i mean it was kind of a discouraging conversation sure. I had with him because he was kind of like yeah i mean it's not that i don't believe it's just that because he said like he didn't really want to he kind of wanted to do some other stuff for now. Yeah. I mean, I remember you, you cause yeah. you and I were talking and yeah. it was just kind of like, he was going, um, I'm going to shelf that for later. Yeah. Yep. That's what it was. Yeah. Cause he's like, I, he's like, I still believe he said like, I just want to finish senior year strong and then get into college. And I was like, okay, that's not really the way I saw that happening. But so he kind of okay. like paused his yeah, pursuit. And there's, okay. I mean, think of, uh, who doesn't do that? Yeah, yeah, I've done that <laughs> multiple times in my life. Yeah, yeah. So and I just, I mean, at least yeah. I was communicating. It's okay. Yeah, that's where you're let, done. You know, just let things roll yeah. and like, you yeah. know, God is so much more powerful than our ability to control them. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, yep. as we're speaking about this, yeah. like to control them in the directions we want them to go. Yeah, yeah. And it's like that's just not. That's not how the spirit moves that's, that's not how people operate people don't operate in a, um you know if you look at a graph it's not just boom now i'm all all of a sudden on the graph and it just keeps going up you know it's like works. that just never mm-hmm. that will never be the reality of humanity yeah. you know no biblical character was ever that way yeah like none mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah all of them had these momentary lapses and mm-hmm. things where it was like are you even here, God? You know, uh-huh. so that is just not void of yeah. any concept of yeah. our relationship with him. So, yeah. yeah, so so that happened. And then, I mean, I haven't even told you this yet, Corey, yeah. but you know, yesterday we reconnected because he had like last few weeks, he's been saying like, oh, can you give me some more passages? <laughs> um, which I'm like, all right, he's starting to get back into Hungry. it. Hungry. Yeah. He's asking yeah. me for passages again. So this time I gave him specific ones. I mean, I, I gave him. I, th- I mean, I thought he would like it. I kind of led him through some of the passages in Acts, talking about Paul's conversion, mm. um, showing from where he was as Saul to who he became as Paul. And yesterday we were talking, he's like, yeah, I really liked that. I thought that was really cool. He liked, I gave him John 4, the woman at the well. He liked that one. Um, so it was just giving him passages that show more about who Jesus is, mm-hmm. giving him some powerful examples of Jesus at work. And we met yesterday um, just to talk again, and he was like, yeah, I liked those. And he said, I'm, I'm getting back into it. He's listening to this podcast that's um, helping him to apply what he's learned practically. Yeah, it's called uh, the Youth Ministry Shit. No. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice. Nice ad- yeah, advertisement there. But uh, <laughs> Self-plug. Yeah. Uh, but he said he's been, he's been listening to this, and it's been really helpful because it, it goes over Scripture, then it goes over how to live it out. So mm. he's, he's getting Scripture. And it's, it's, he says it's good for him to, it's helpful to, um, okay, it's helpful for him to digest it in this way, basically. Interesting. It helps break it down for him. But like, he's, he's back in scripture and he's back into it, um, which is awesome, actually. I'm, I'm really happy to see him get back into it before college. Yeah. Because, I mean, I mean, I'm in high school. I don't know what it's going to be like, but I assume when we get to college, I mean, there's going to be a lot of distractions. Everything changes. Yeah. (laughs) But no, I mean, I'm I'm sure there'll be distractions and there would be just a lot of stuff to handle at first. So I'm really happy to see him already getting back into it sooner than he said he was going to get back into it. Yeah. Where's he going? Do you know where he's going to school? K-State. Yes. Yeah. So. Come on. We got to link him up with some. Oh, he's. And Schwartz and that crew. Yeah. I think he, he said he wants to get involved in Stumo. Cool. And, um, some of those dudes and he already knows some guys like cool. cole cole actually okay so yeah he has some connections there and he wants to be in a campus ministry wow. oh wow so come on i love it dude so yeah so, so that's i mean that's that's what we want yeah that's like a movement beyond ourselves yeah 
You know, oh, it's yeah. like, oh yeah, yeah. Like Craiger was involved in your life, uh-huh. but several degrees of separation. Removed, yeah, like to where something actually happened. Yeah, which totally. is exactly what we're talking about here. Like this yeah. is what. The, yeah, that's spot on, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as you think about the topic that we're discussing, control the freedom. What places, you know, and you can be totally transparent. There's no, mm-hmm. nobody's feelings get hurt. You know, everybody's mm-hmm. going to be okay. I was your youth pastor, so you could just totally bag just on me. Rip on just you. rip me apart. <laughs> uh, about how absurd you yeah. are. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but thinking more specifically, like places maybe that control existed. Um, and then, how, you know, I mean, I, my observation, you know, and, and I'd love to hear from you, but that like the, God moved when it, there was like the least amount of control yep. possible there. Yes. You know, it was yes. like, and so just if you were to summarize places in your life where like control has maybe, um, I don't know, limited or, yeah, or stopped or prevented been a hurdle or for been you. a hurdle or, you know, and you're in it. So that's a unique perspective if you can see that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then ways that you've seen what were things that created freedom and, and allowed you to see things where it was like, whoa, something like there's real fruit here. Like, God, whoa, God's moving, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the, the, mo- like the, the most crucial part of all this was finally being able to go out and do it by myself. So I totally agree with what you're saying with, you know, that, that freedom saying, all right, now it's your turn. You go and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was huge because um, in middle school and high school, I was, I was built up a lot. You got a lot of that um, the training talking about this is how you do it. Um, but you, you've got to go out by yourself because um, like all the Bible studies I was doing, they were not connected to my church at all. Mm. I mean, it was yeah. I, I got training from my church and they were wonderful in that. But you've got to go out and you've got to do it yourself. Yeah. I mean, and you're not doing it yourself. God's the one doing it. Of course. It. Yep. Uh, but you've got to go out on your own there. And you have to you have to trust God with that. Yeah. And you have to let him do his work. And it's not gonna happen because one of your, you know, youth pastors is saying, Hey, here's a, you know, you can meet weekly and these are people you can meet with and like it's like you've got to go, you've got to make the connections, you've got to talk to people, you've got to pray, let God work, let him do what he does. So that that freedom. So okay, basically how I see it, I was trained up and then I was yeah. sent. Mm. So that that freedom that you'd go do it, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is my perspective, but I think that we tend to in the American church um sit at the training piece way too long forever yeah you know it's like because i'm a senior totally and this is when i'm getting into it totally i mean you you've had an experience like that that a lot of most adults that i know in the church have never done or experienced themselves Mm. so like you are (laughs) ahead of the game (laughs) way ahead light years ahead but i i mean here and i and i love you but like there's Mm. you didn't do anything tricky you didn't you were just obedient yeah. to stepping out That's and it. trusting that God will move. It's you know, simple. like it was not complicated. It was not convoluted. Like, it, and if anything, I think the testament uh, and the reality of it, it's okay if you take something else over, for mm-hmm. instance, the football small group, mm-hmm. and it doesn't, like, it just shifts and changes. Yeah. Like, the nature of who's in it and how it's operating, like, maybe it's not as fruitful. And it's okay to just to go, well, how do I, I just, I can I can let that go while still loving and being friends to those people mm. and and allow God to maybe move in, in a different direction that he's moving and, mm. and be faithful towards that. So it's almost like how do I follow wherever he's moving, yep. not wherever I think he ought to show up. Yeah. You know, I think that like we try to put uh ourselves and others into places and boxes that we hope that God will show up in. I mean that's that's the traditional model is like yep. Wednesday night he better show up at seven better show up yeah <laughs> it's like okay um and, and he might he i mean might. he might yeah but it's i think it's less about how do we create environments that then we ask god to show up in and more about where is he already potentially showing up in and how do we get to that yeah yeah i mean because like 
Jackson just asked question and you stepped into the door. Yeah. You know, and it's like, but there was the faithfulness on the back end of, of pouring in and asking mm-hmm. God to move in certain people's lives. Again, you're, mm-hmm. I know you're being genuine in saying I could have prayed more. Of course we all mm-hmm. can. That's the point. But like, you know, first and foremost, do we cultivate a life that is oriented towards others? Mm-hmm. You know, like that's, you know, Roy talked about even mm-hmm. the father heart of God, like his desires that all would know him, that all would be with him, that all, mm-hmm. you know, um, would eventually come back like the prodigal son and that he would sprint after them. So like that, that's first, you know, so like if you're a student and you're listening or, you know, you're a youth pastor, like we're, you know, the goal is that like you first and foremost have that heart because to have that heart, then God can do something with it. Mm-hmm. You know, then as we pour and ask God uh, to to move in prayer, then we're just sitting and, and watching with open eyes. Where is God at work in my relationships, my friendships, on the football team, mm-hmm. uh, whatever it is within the places that you exist? You know, like that's where I go. That's that's the freedom. I hope and pray that. Uh, you know, in all youth ministries in America that we can start to think through yeah. is how do we yeah. how do we release them mm-hmm. to start thinking about the places they already exist mm. and and be there, you know, like and and I don't think it's wrong to say invite your friends to youth group, like, but at the same time, that's not working. I mean, the percentage of youth ministry that's not a mm-hmm. um, you know we're barely reaching certain percent. You know, like Josh Jackway talked about that a lot on our previous episode. Yeah. That was like we're barely hitting the 1% within the high schools in our vicinity, you know? So whatever we are doing is not, not, not reaching much, you know, but when we allow the students, the freedom to exist inside of their circles and take the Mm -hmm. gospel to the friends and and look for the places that God is already at, at work. And then jumping into that and just saying, I'm here to, to lead and to be open to what you do, God, and faithfully just, present the gospel, you know, it's like, and I'm going to imagine like you probably tried to work through and you're, you're a smart kid and, and you, you definitely know, know your word. You've poured into that. Like, so like there is some equipping on your end, but I'm going to guess like even your attempts to potentially explain certain things to him biblically mm-hmm. weren't perfect. Mm-hmm. And it's like, did Jackson really care? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> He cared that there was a relationship there that you totally. and him, that there was trust. He had you had trust with him because you were his friend genuinely. Mm-hmm. You were not his friend in order to get a result. You were just his friend. Yeah, and you followed Jesus, and like you know, that's one thing. Like as I think about training and equipping students, it's like, are you friends with people who don't know Jesus? Are you just friends with them? Right. Not That's are you friends? With it? Yeah, it's like yeah. do you even seek out people who don't know Jesus to just be their friend, mm-hmm. to love them, to bring the, you know, beauty, justice and good news to to your high school? Yep. Like in a genuine way. Yeah. Not in a way that has an agenda, mm-hmm. but in a way that is I love this person because that is what God has called me to do. Yeah. Baseline. That's it. <laughs> yeah. And then do I do I genuinely pray into their lives and ask him to move in their life? Yeah. Do you do that? Like that's just that's step one. Yeah, you know. And as we do that, I go. I just I'm not I'm not shocked at the stories and things that will happen as a result of that. Where it's like mm. faithfully stepping out to to befriend others that maybe nobody else is befriending, or just mm. genuine friendships that you have, yeah. and and then loving them in ways that maybe they've never been cared for or loved. Mm-hmm. You know, and allowing then God to move. But. Yeah, I mean that's just like your friendship with Jackson is just so powerful uh, for him in the sense that like, yeah, no agenda. And then when he is curious, hungry, uh, is asking questions, he doesn't have to step through a church door. He doesn't have to go, you know, like he can still be himself. He can still function in his former deist Mm. sort of perspective, be your friend and ask questions in a safe, trusting environment. So that's like number one thing that sticks out to me. And then the second thing is just like, your uh, liveliness when discussing this, mm-hmm. um, it, it it speaks to me that the freedom of releasing high school students much earlier um, makes Christianity not boring. <laughs> like mm-hmm. so much of yeah. so yeah. much of being uh, like high, the Jesus kid mm-hmm. is like it, it it can be perceived as and experienced as boring mm-hmm. because totally. you're just like 
what do I do? I guess I like, I love God and whatever, but like mm-hmm. you're out there doing something, yeah. living into it. Like you're not on the bench, you're on the field. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and I just think that's really powerful to people who are curious, but aren't necessarily believers in high school, like your peers, like they don't want to look and see some kid that's like a square, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's true. They want to see someone who's like, full of life and yeah. enjoying like they, they're like okay this might work but you look bored who wants that yeah. right but you're like totally yeah this is dope <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's exciting yeah exactly I mean, to see someone who is just completely closed off to god even when other friends of my group are kind of open and kind of talk about it and he's still like i don't care it's yeah stupid who would who would believe that what idiot would believe that <laughs> and to see him slowly over time uh-huh. hey can i get a passage here hey i had a good prayer mm-hmm. here hey this amazing thing happened let's talk about it and then I but mean, i'd yeah, say that goes all the way back to your story like you i mean you basically got the father heart of god at sixth grade like because <laughs> your parents stepped out into obedience to mm-hmm. faith to god to say like there's got to be more you go on a trip mm-hmm. ah this is the more god wants all to know him. Yeah. He wants all to be in relationship and friendship with him. He wants the orphans. He wants the widows. He wants all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if anything, like the better you treat those, you're treating God the same way. And it's like, you know, that's Jesus saying yeah. that. And so like the fact that, that, I mean, by the grace of God, that was a gift to you at that age, you know? And then it takes a while to understand what do I do with that? <laughs> you know? And yeah. so, but then as you stepped out into obedience, you had that heart. And so like my, my prayer is that we see hordes and, and thousands and thousands of students in all the high schools in America that they get that heart, yeah. that get that heart of God and, and recognize that it is not just for any paid professionals or people um, that are running the show to do ministry like that this is a call that everybody has the mm. father heart of god is for every single yeah. individual in the entirety of the universe you know yeah. um, and it doesn't matter their age yeah. yeah you know it does not matter their age yeah. and and then allowing that release of freedom to yeah. just say man god can move in you and the holy spirit can work through you and in your life mm. as much or more than me yeah. <laughs> at my age or whatever my position is you know mm-hmm. i just yeah. like that's that's my heart is yeah. to just see that happen in waves where i mean because I, I genuinely think if that starts to happen more and more and more and more we will see movements in high schools in america unlike anything we've ever seen before and i just it just takes us stepping outside of the confines of the box that we have and it's you know i think we use the word control in a sense that it's like not not fully negative, but more of like there's this box that we've created. Mm-hmm. And like how do we start to just think and step outside of that box in yep. new ways? And yep. I'm not saying that we or anybody necessarily has the answers, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I mean, I think the New Testament has the answers. <laughs> yeah. So, and I think God, I know God has the answers. So how do we step out of potentially the confines of what we've, been doing alongside students and start living into the new Mm -hmm. testament and asking god go what is your plan for them Mm -hmm. i have these desires but what's your plan and how do we ask god to start moving into their lives yeah so i don't know man it pumps me up yeah it's (laughs) awesome i'm like psyched up about it because i just think of the possibilities Uh if you know just even if you took your singular class um those at colonial Mm -hmm. right from your freshman year, mm-hmm. if even half of them had that same inclination or that father heart of God and then stepped into obedience to go and ask God to move and, and lived into that, think of what could have happened at Alathe East. Yeah. Alathe East alone. Yeah. Right. And you had kids from all different high schools, but you guys were predominantly Alathe East. Your class we're, was, we're right? Like all Alathe East. Yeah. yeah. So I just, that's what we're trying to do, man. Mm-hmm. We're trying to challenge people to that. And we're trying to just go, that's what we want to see over and over and over and over again. And there there are ways that God's going to take it that we don't know. And we just want to be open to that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, man. Well, thanks for jumping on this. I think what we should do 
who knows if he'll pick up, but I think we should call Dylan and we'll tell him it. he's been replaced. Yeah. I mean, that just seems yeah. like an obvious Seems thing. logical, yeah. yeah. While you're while you're getting a hold of him, uh, I just want to plug for anyone, uh, youth pastor or teachers or whoever who are mentoring kids who are hungry to start groups, um, check out dbsgroups.com Com. Yep. Uh, for some tools. And students, if you're like, this kid wants to know more, I don't know how to do this, yeah. dbsgroups.com, some just great tools. Yeah. I've called Dylan so many times, and he never picks up. You've reached the voicemail of Dylan Cherry. Oh, my gosh. If you're gosh. calling about our wash restoration services, leave me a detailed message. Excuse me. back to you as soon as possible. Thanks. Frog restoration? <laughs> Sam, what do you have to say to him? Uh, hey, Dylan. I just wanted to call and tell you that I, I guess I'm replacing you on the, on the podcast now. You heard it here first, Dylan. Uh, you've been let go. <laughs> We've got some young pups coming up, and it's just the nature of how it's going to go, man. Uh, you know, you we'll let you keep doing your frog restoration stuff. Uh, we know you're a big toad guy, but sounds like you've switched to frogs. So, uh, like, uh, what's what's his guy from Joe Rogan always says? The toads. Uh, you're talking about Alex Jones? Alex Jones, dude. About the, the, I can't even... <laughs> Try it, dude. I'm pretty sure it's not even appropriate. Oh, it's just about the the backs of the frogs? Oh, no, I don't Licking know that. the backs of the frogs, dude. I don't know that. Oh, okay. Well, Dylan, you're done, and this is the end, dude. But uh, we'll, we might let you try back out and see if you can have a position. So yeah. On a trial basis. Trial it's basis. It's going to be a position battle between him and I. A yeah. position battle. And you better come with a, a good bit. Like yep. we're going to have a bit workshop and you better really come with something strong. Yep. All right, man. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Youth Ministry Shift podcast. We hope that it's been fun and created a curiosity about what it means to live into a missionary mindset with an aim to multiply disciples and see a movement among students. If you're a youth pastor, teacher, coach, or parent in Kansas City and looking for coaching or just belonging within a network, we'd love to connect with you so that we can learn about what you are doing and how you're joining Jesus for gospel saturation in the city. If you're outside the KC area and have questions about what it would mean to catalyze a disciple-making movement amongst students that leads to the emergence of student-led microchurches in every school within your city, we'd love to connect with you as well and offer whatever resources might be helpful to you. You can find out more at kcunderground.org.